Kia orana, I'm Tali Anderson. Welcome to Champions of the Pacific. Aloha, I'm Vinnie Wiley. Today, what happens when it's all over? We discuss what athletes are doing to prepare for life after professional sport. And hear from a former Australian football star keen to connect with his Pacific heritage. As the saying goes, in professional sport you are a long time retired. While some top players get to go out on their own terms, that's not always the case with athletes just a serious injury away from having to contemplate an all-new career. So what is being done to help today's players prepare for tomorrow? Is it something they're talking about? We're joined in the studio by Hurricanes Professional Development Manager, Arden David Perro and All Blacks loose forward, Adi Savia. Arden, you retired from playing just as Adi was breaking into professional rugby. What changes have you noticed? From my days playing until what I've seen now, players are coming in far more prepared than I ever was in terms of what they want to do. I think probably access and opportunity is probably more open now in terms of stuff that they could run their own personal brand uh, through social media, which we never could back in the day. So guys are definitely more prepared. I think the education from a younger level is there. So guys have access to PDMs and guys like myself early in their days. And so they're already putting plans to play, whether about education, business, career, culture, whatever they want to do. They're already making strong plans to get that done. So making my job a little bit easier, but just have to make sure that we you know, continue those relationships so we can get them to where they want to go. Adi, it's uh, been nearly 10 years since <coughs> you've left school. You went straight yep. into the New Zealand 7 squad and then the Lions and Hurricanes. When you're 17, 18 and you sign your first contract, is the idea of life after rugby even on your radar? To be honest, when I made it straight out of school, nah, post 40 wasn't, was probably the last thing um, that was on my mind. My initial thoughts was, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, to be honest, like when, when you come out of college, get your first professional contract or you, know, you become a pro, and my thoughts was just to enjoy it, um, live it up, um, because as a kid you grow up and that's all you wanted to be, um, and then it happened, and then, um, yeah. And for me, being a small kid that have never been on a plane, to be able to go travel to places like Paris and Las Vegas, I just thought it was <laughs> it, it would never end. But times change, obviously, when got a bit older and wiser, you, you kind of realise um, that footy's not there 24-7. When did that change happen in your mind? Those thoughts around what I wanted to do post footy just happened naturally before I became a father. Back in those, I've got a creative mind and ideas go through my head non-stop, so I'm always thinking about doing things um, outside of footy, and I think that that was me since I was at a young age in college, and I think I was doing it. I was doing other stuff outside of footy, but not knowing that I was that's that's professional development in itself. Um, for me, yeah, I was having those thoughts before I even became a rugby player. It was just who I was. And Arden, you um, experienced life as a professional player and you are fortunate enough to juggle rugby with study, uh, completing mm-hmm. a BA and then some post-grad. Was that always a plan for you? Uh, no. <laughs> that was uh, my shortcut to uh, get out of work. When I was coming up, we had an academy. We had to choose work or study. But I was looking at all the guys that were working and they were tired because <laughs> we had to get up early, you know, 6 a.m. So I was like, I ain't doing that. And I saw guys like Victor Vito and Jacob Ellison. And I said, what are you guys doing? They said, oh, we're studying. And um, fortunately, there was a, a, a lady up there, Sarah Ngangau, who got me in the back door of university because I was 20 years old. So if you don't have any school qualifications, 
you can slip through the back door. And so, yeah, just randomly went up there and just met some really influential Pacifica people, actually, some some lecturers. And just because I was there and I was kind of obviously paid for NZ21s, they they saw me as a, some some sort of leader because I was trying to do both. But I was honestly, I was only up there to muck around <laughs> and uh, and just bide my time. And then, but one of the lecturers, uh, Teresia Tewa, who's passed away, she just said that she had seen so many rugby players come up here and, and just bide their time and then leave. Um, she said it would be really influential to our people if actually one of you guys just came up here and did really well or studied. And that really moved me in a way that um, like I've never had someone say that to me before. Um, and so I just really just nailed down, try to do both. And through injuries, like probably what Adi has said, is being able to do some stuff extra because I'm not necessarily required in the environment as much. And so I'm, my, my career was riddled with injuries, so was able to do that study. Um, and then I kind of knew the writing was on the wall my last year. I think it was Adi's first year in the Lions. Um, our, our old coach, Richard Watt, Adi, he called Adi, Adi, and I turned around and he says, nah, the other Adi. So <laughs> I, from that, because people in rugby circles called me Adi as well, and so from that point on I was like, man, it's time to get out of this game. <laughs> I'm not the real Adi, man, let the real Adi stand up. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just privileged that I had that opportunity and I think in this role I'm blessed to say that I've, I've done both and uh, I can speak into them the fact that, you know, I never had education as, as something that I could honestly say that I was good at, but I just made it work and it's worked for me and it's helped me get this role, but it's also just helped me change my life in other different ways. Are other players that you deal with, Arden, I assume there are some that are doing their studies at university. Do any of them have a business on the side? Do they have part-time jobs? Do they have sort of you know, creative outlets like that as well? We were talking about this previously. So one person's come up to me and said they want to own a McDonald's. How do I do that? And so I've just been trying to connect like through LinkedIn and our, C- our commercial manager, hey, who's 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 around that can speak into this uh, space? Uh, we've got guys who run landscaping businesses, who work on their family farms. It varies, and my role is just to make sure that these guys get any support they need for that. And most of them, are, I mean, they're, they're pretty well educated in that space, and if they can do a little course here or they can, that will help their business out, or they can, if I can link them up to someone that may, like, and I give them an edge or something in terms of business or whatever it is, or um, then I can do that as well. But also get guys who are study, our students, and if I'm fortunate we've got about four or five guys who've finished their degrees in our environment. They just love learning, and so they're always looking for a, something to learn or some someone to bring in, some speaker to bring in they can hear. And I suppose it's just a really bespoke kind of role that whatever they need, I just have to try to provide as best as I can. As um, Vinny touched on, Adi, you've got a few things going for you. As a leader in the team, do players yeah. come to you for advice on business or, you know, career des- decisions? Um, a little bit. I love to. My, my big heart and passion is around our Pacifica uh, athletes that come through and, and just try and share my knowledge and my journey. Um, not all of it, but just little golden nuggets that, that may help them. And yeah, I have a few, but at the same time, you don't want to, it's up to like we can come 50, but then they have to come 50 as well. And um, part of it is just about dropping seeds. They may not listen now, but when they get older and wiser, it may hit them. They go, oh, that's what he was on about. I remember when I was young and I knew Victor, Victor Vito, who he was a man that like well, was real big on his professional development. And as a young fella, I was like, man, I want to learn off this guy. And I, I stuck around him, hung out, went for coffees and just got used to his chats around property investments. Even though I didn't understand, I remember sitting on the plane with him and he was explaining like property equity and all this. And I was like shaking my head, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't understand, but now that I'm older and 
I'm buying property. Now I'm like, uh, well, that's what Victor was t- talking mm. to me about. I start to understand. So I'm just pretty much doing what the older generation did for me and, and just trying to pass it down. But you do get a few athletes um, that come in and, and just ask and ask around different areas. So it's pretty special um, and, and it's, um, it's awesome to be in that position. Is that easier for you now being the captain of the Hurricanes, being a senior player in the All Blacks? Is it something that's been easy for you to develop in terms of that leadership role and you know, mentoring other players or is it something that you've had to learn? I think uh, for me, I've never had a problem of helping and learning to develop that skill. I think it's always been, I've always been massive on relationships um, and that looks like going out for coffee, having chats and building that connection. I think the hardest bit being a leader in both the teams is that being creative and having variety and professional development can sometimes be seen as a bad thing because you're not focused on rugby too much. Mm. And obviously you see the stuff that me and Ani posted around mm. our partnerships with, with brands. Um, obviously the Canes are losing, so a lot of people are blaming us focusing mm. on that too much and not mm. focusing on rugby. But um, So that's probably the challenging bit, mm. being the skip and being a leader and wanting to do a lot of variety and creative stuff is that how do you balance that and mm. deal with outside perceptions and noise but um, that's a journey that I think will continue to be <laughs> forever journey. It's definitely a very different uh, landscape now that professional sports people come into now at the end of their days you know you think about someone like Artie there who already has a clothing label he's already got a podcast he's got sort of a media platform um, you know, th- those are things that just weren't even an option for, for players back in the day. I think it's really exciting as well for especially our young players who, you know, rugby is at the forefront, but just knowing that the opportunities are endless. So, yeah, some really great work being done there. And obviously for Pacifica players, you know, Adi's clearly, you know, one of the leaders uh, in that space there. So for them to see somebody like him and someone like uh, Arden too uh, in sort of a leadership role um, that can sort of help guide them into that space, you know, people are having to... Think about these sorts of things. Former Australian football star Archie Thompson played 54 times for the Socceroos and still holds the world record for the most goals scored in an international match after netting 13 times against American Samoa back in 2001. The 42-year-old spent more than a decade with A-League giants Melbourne Victory but also played professionally in Belgium, Holland and Spain. Born in New Zealand to a Kiwi dad and Papua New Guinean mother, Thompson has never been to PNG, but he is keen to learn more about his Pacific heritage. His mum left Papua New Guinea when she was just a teenager, and he says it was because of football that she was able to reunite with her family after 30 years away. You know, sadly enough, six months after that, her her mum passed away. It was almost like she was kind of waiting knowing that she'd get that opportunity again. It was through sport and through football that, you know, through what I was doing that she was able to do that. People had seen me through football here in Australia sort of connect the dots and, um, you know, was uh, reunited again. And uh, my brother and sister, unfortunately, I couldn't go over. I haven't been PNG yet, unfortunately, because of, you know, football commitments. And I, I did have an opportunity to start their new Super League over there. Unfortunately, I couldn't do it. Uh, so hopefully now that I've got a bit of time and I'm able to do it, I'd love to give back because I'm giving back here at community level, grassroots level in Australia, but I'd love to give back to, to the motherland of where my mum was born. With your heritage, is that something that would come up in your career, be it at Victory, Socceroos, et cetera? Like obviously for a while there you were playing in Oceania competitions. Well, look, funny enough, it, it wasn't really brought up. But I mean, everyone kind of knew that I was born in New Zealand and um, 
that was kind of talked about, but it was never mentioned about the PNG side of things. And uh, yeah, like that's why I want to kind of maybe give back or at least go back and revisit the, the football community there because I know I know it's quite big. I, I see here a lot of the uh, rugby league players, they get the opportunity to go back and, and, and do whatever, like, you know, get involved, clinics, academies or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I actually reached out last year to the uh, PNG Federation to see maybe if there was something I, I can do at that level to be involved with the association. And, uh, you know, they did reach back, but then obviously COVID made that a lot tougher and I'll probably have to re- reignite that conversation again. It'd be great to, to go back and visit my mum's country, visit her village, but also to be able to have some kind of um, involvement in their, in their football. Where is her home village? Uh, KVN. Yeah. yeah, and you know what, to be honest, I probably know ask mum enough about her story and um you know i know that it was pretty tough and this is probably something she doesn't like to talk too much about but still to be able to go there and and see family and and her sisters my aunties and it would be great and whilst archie thompson you would probably be welcomed in papua new guinea when you can finally go over there COVID willing (laughs) how do you think your welcome would be over in american samoa Oh, mate. Well, it's 20 years this year. Oh, I think the anniversary of that game just passed uh, where it was 20-odd years. And uh, that was something I wanted to do uh, before COVID, knowing that it was coming up to that sort of milestone that I'd like to go over because I've never been back. I've never spoken to any one of their players. I don't even know their own experiences, what they had to kind of go through um, to get here. Uh, so that would have been something nice, especially on the 20 years. I know they did a documentary, Next Goal Wins, which is a really cool doco that if, if no one's really seen about getting some Dutch coach in and trying to, because they're the worst ranked country in the world. So I think they were trying to climb the, the rankings or at least win one game, but I mean, it was it'd be pretty special for them because the guys that they were playing against were players that were playing in the Premier League and in the um, the Scottish Premier League and playing in the Serie A. Like, I mean, any team I think in the, in that area would have you know, suffered pretty heavily with with the game. Thirteen goals in that game is the record still yours? Yeah, still mine. Still mine. Quite protective of it. When the uh, conversation does come up because maybe there's a, a big country that's playing like a minnow, I might think, oh, shit, he goes my <laughs> he goes a record. But, um, you no, know, I don't think anyone's really ever come close to it. I mean, it's going to be difficult, like scoring 13 goals international. I know the level keeps getting a little bit better each year and, and those sort of Oceania qualifiers aren't what they used to be, like especially here for Australia. You know, we go through Asia, which is difficult. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I think that'll be around for a long time. Archie talks about the uh, documentary Next Goal Wins that was uh, made about that American Samoa football team as they sort of recovered from that infamous loss to Australia there where, of course, he got his goals. Uh, There is, of course, a movie coming out soon as well directed by Taika Waititi about that team, also called Next Goal Wins. Uh, He didn't even know the movie was actually uh, being filmed at the moment, uh, Archie Thompson, but he is very keen for a cameo. Oh, well, the Oscars have just happened, so maybe in a year's time. But it's, um, you know, good to see him wanting to give back to the PNG community as well. If you want to hear more from Champions of the Pacific like Adi Savia and Archie Thompson, you can find us online at rnz.co.nz and click on the Pacific tab. Or we broadcast into the region on RNZ Pacific and RNZ National. You can also download us from Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Be sure to tune in next week when we check out the Oceania Weightlifting Institute, which reopened earlier this year. Until then, fa lava. Kakite. Ka